This is Across the Grace Lutheran Church Sermon Podcast. On September 13th, 2020, we gathered to worship on the 15th Sunday after Pentecost. Pastor Mark Havel preached from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. Then Peter asked Jesus, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, not seven times, but I tell you, 77 times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven might be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought before him. And as he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold together with his wife and his children and all of his possessions and payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him and said, have patience with me and I'll pay you everything. And out of pity for him, The Lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. But that same slave, as he went out, came upon a fellow slave who owed him a hundred denarii, and seizing him by the throat, he said, pay what you owe. Then his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I'll pay you everything. But he refused, and then he went and threw him into prison until he would pay the debt, when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly disturbed, and they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, you wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. So, Jesus said, My heavenly Father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or your sister from your heart. The Gospel of the Lord. <laughs> so today, we get Peter, curious, impetuous, troublemaking Peter, asking Jesus some hard questions. Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, if one of my brothers or sisters sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Seriously, Jesus, how many times can someone get away with something before I can cut them loose and be rid of them? What's the limit? Where's the line in the sand How much do I have to take before I can say enough is enough and feel good about it? Peter seems to be wielding his forgiveness like some kind of weapon, like he's using the act of forgiveness as a kind of bargaining chip, like he only has so much forgiveness to go around before his well of grace runs dry. Forgiveness for Peter seems like a way to gauge the sort of investment he has to make when it comes to sharing God's kind of grace. Like, he wants to know just how generous he has to be in the name of Jesus before he can go back to being his regular old sinful, broken, scorekeeping, grudge-holding self. And so after telling him in not so many words that there's really no limit to how often we're called to forgive, Jesus tells Peter that story about the king and that one 
ungracious, unforgiving slave. The story goes that the king wants to take stock of his estate to balance his books, perhaps. And so it's time to collect on his debts. When a slave shows up with a debt too large to pay, the king threatens to sell him off and to sell off to his wife and his kids and everything that slave owned. So they both, in the end, will get what's coming to them. But when the poor, pitiful slave begs, the king lets him off the hook. And even more than that, really, the king doesn't just give him more time to pay or simply reduce his interest rate or knock some money off the top of the principal that he's owed. He forgives the slave, all of it, the entire debt. He erases it, scratches it from his books, shreds that page of his ledger. The king sends the slave off with a balance of zero and presumably a smile on his face and a skip in his step. I imagine. Only, though, until that same slave comes across an acquaintance, someone who owes him some money. And when his buddy can't pay, the first slave tosses the second slave into jail until he can get what's rightfully his. And so when that king hears this story, he's furious. He calls back the first slave and lets him have it. I forgave you all that debt just because you begged and pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have forgiven your fellow slave in the same way? And because the first slave doesn't get it, the slave is sent off to be tortured until he can even things up with his Lord. Jesus said all this much more simply back in the sixth chapter of Matthew. He said, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. But as to that story about the Lord, the king, and the slave, I want to look at that ending of that parable in a way that we might not first be inclined to hear it. When I hear that bit about being tortured, or in other parables, we hear about being thrown into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When I hear that kind of language from Jesus, I get a little scared because that's terrifying, actually, the weeping and the gnashing of teeth and the outer darkness, I mean. So I think Jesus means for it to be that way, frankly. But I like to remind myself and anyone who will hear it that I don't think this is all meant to be about hell or the end of time. I don't believe Jesus means to suggest that we are going to spend eternity in the company of the devil when we don't get things right, when we don't forgive as well or as often or as prolifically as we are called to forgive. So we can all breathe a sigh of relief, I hope, about that. You've heard me say before that so often, if not most often, When Jesus talks about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, he's not necessarily talking about life after death or life on the other side of eternity. He's talking about the impact and the blessing of living life as we know it in the kingdom that is already alive and well among us. And I think we're allowed to consider the outer darkness or this torturous 
weeping and gnashing of teeth stuff in the same way. I mean, just like we don't have to wait to experience God's presence on earth as it is in heaven every once in a while, we don't have to wait until we're dead and gone to suffer the consequences of our sinfulness either. And I think this is especially true and particularly meaningful when it comes to the way we practice forgiveness in our lives, or not, as the case may be. I still remember a family from my time as a chaplain in a hospital back in my seminary days. There were two brothers who'd been fighting with each other for years, holding a grudge, keeping score about something. They'd already drawn lines so deeply in the sands of their lives to the degree that they were not speaking to each other or even able to be in the same room together peaceably. I know this because it got so bad for these brothers that when their mother lay dying in the hospital, they had worked out a plan whereby their visits were timed just so so that while they wanted one of them to be with their mother in the room 24 hours a day, only one of them was able to be by their mother's side at any given moment. If one brother showed up while the other was there, he would wait down the hall until his brother left in the opposite direction, down another hallway, using a different elevator or stairwell or whatever. No matter how much mom begged her boys or how close she came to dying. This mother could never convince her sons to be together at her deathbed. When she did finally die, only one brother was there to hold her hand, and the other was out in the hallway waiting, with so much more than just a hospital room door between him and his family. It's not too much to suggest that he, that she, that they, and their family were tormented and tortured by the unforgiveness that kept them from loving one another fully. Maybe you know or have known someone who lives like that. I saw a meme on Facebook just this week, which to be honest, I'm certain probably didn't have anything to do with forgiveness at all. But it struck me that way in light of this gospel story. The meme simply said, just because you carry it well doesn't mean it's not heavy. Just because you carry it well doesn't mean it's not heavy. That is the kind of torture I imagine Jesus was talking about, the burden of unforgiveness, I mean. This is the sort of pain that the lack of forgiveness inflicts. It's exactly the opposite of what God would have for us, and it is the sort of distance and division that only true forgiveness can cure. But man, do we carry it well. And God doesn't want that for any of us. And it's important to know that forgiveness doesn't always mean one side is right and another side is wrong. Forgiveness isn't about proving a point or 
staking a claim or accepting or approving an apology, even. Forgiveness isn't about winning. Forgiveness is about being set free. Yes, to forgive another person is a wonderful gift to give away, like the king did for that slave and his debt. But it's also something we do for ourselves, just the same. We do it because we don't want to live in bondage. We forgive because grudges and memories of sinfulness are heavy burdens to bear. We forgive because we know it's been done for us in more ways than we can count or deserve, and we forgive because to refuse it is to refuse God's place in our lives on this side of heaven. I'm certain God wants forgiveness to bless the life of the one who offers it just as much as it might liberate the ones who have done the damage. I'm certain God wants forgiveness to bless the life of the ones who offer it just as much as it might liberate the ones who have done the damage. And we find ourselves on both sides of that equation from time to time, do we not? It is why God, in Jesus Christ, made it to the cross and up from the tomb. Just because he carried it well doesn't mean it wasn't heavy. And it's why God's forgiveness is so big, so that all of our debts are forgiven, and so that we can live differently because of that good news, not carrying the burden of our grudges or the shame of our sins, but carrying instead the light of God's grace and mercy and love and forgiveness out into and for the sake of this world. Amen.